real life. Why would you say that? Because Samson is, is a real person. Uh, he's not a mythical character. He's not in a storybook that you read about as a kid and he doesn't really exist. He is real. He's a real person who really lived. You with me? Okay, maybe you don't believe that. That's not fine, but by the end of it, maybe, maybe you'll be with me on that. Uh, believe it or not, a, a lot of us are living a similar life that Samson lived. Some of you may not believe that. You may be like, okay, I was down for him being real, but I'm not sure that I'm living the life that Samson lived. I mean, you remember, he was supposed to be a, a guy that from birth, from prior to birth, was set apart. You remember they took a vow. Remember what kind of vow it was? Nazarite vow, right? Called, chosen by God to help bring about deliverance of God's people. That's where they are in the cycle now. We, we were very familiar with that. But his biggest problem, and why I said that a moment ago, is that he might be living a similar life that some of us are living. His biggest problem is probably, most likely, if you and I were to have a cup of coffee and we were to determine what your biggest problem is, his biggest problem is probably your biggest problem. Do you, do you know what it what it is? Your long hair. No, no, it's not that. What, what do you think it is? It's himself. It's himself. He is going to show us with brilliant chaos that he is his biggest problem. And most of us have probably lived that way. Maybe you're trying it right now. I can do it. I'll show you. I'm my biggest problem. So my question is, Samson gets in his own way. Do you ever get in your own way? Do you? Do you? Okay, good. Do you ever get in your own way? Maybe you even hear from God. Maybe you even believe God, but you have trouble obeying God. Or, or maybe you 50% obey God. What percentage of obedience is obedience? Let's just get that out of the way. A hundred percent, right? I mean, those of you that have kids, do you, do you allow 95% obedience? That's disobedience. A hundred percent. And so we will see that Samson makes some self-destructive decisions. Y'all ever make a self-destructive decision? Do you ever know you're doing it when you're deciding? I know this is bad. I'm still going to do it. Sure. Samson is like the entire cycle of the judges all in one person. Like we see his life. Just it's the whole, it's all the cycles. So I want to show you how the story unfolds. A lot of, a lot of scripture today, but I think it's really worth it. Uh, judges 14, meet me there. Judges 14 verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. You'll remember last week the Philistines, are they good guys or bad guys? There's bad, always bad guys in the Bible. I don't know. Uh, there isn't really a correlation to our area, you know. I mean, maybe they're the Dallas Cowboys of the Bible. Like, they can do no right, you know. No, they can win all the Super Bowls. Doesn't matter. Cheated. You know, whatever. They're terrible people. But they're actually real, not just football players. And then, then he came up and told his father and his mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah now... Get her for me as my wife. He's got away with words, that Samson. Um, okay. He's an adult. But his father and his mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives, meaning of like our people, or among all our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? 
Do you think they're happy about this? No. And Samson said to his father, get her for me. For she is, read this last part with me, she is right in my eyes. Uh-oh. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Everybody was doing what? What was right in their own eyes. If we had to name the one thing that drives Samson's life, if we had to name the one thing that is leading Samson, if we had to name one thing maybe that gets us into a lot of trouble in real life, it would be this. Samson was led by emotion, not by the Spirit. Samson was led by emotion and not by the Spirit. That is a characteristic that you will see in the life of Samson that causes him to continually be in that cycle. And dare I say, causes us to be in a continual cycle. He is not going to let anyone or anything tell him what he wants. We see that right out of the gate, right? And I just want you to know, that the reason mom and dad didn't want him to marry the Philistine, it's not a racial thing. Some people use texts like this to, to uh, talk about racism and like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't marry people out of your own trot. No, that is not what that's about. Good grief, read the Bible, you know? This is because they served other gods. Mom and dad know what's up here, all right? And most likely your mom and dad do too. So at this point, the Israelites, they, their story, would, they, here's what it is. They are so comfortable with the enslavement of the Philistines that they have all just, this, this is the way it's going to be. Now, mom and dad aren't quite there yet. That was a big day for them when, when angel of the Lord showed up. They remembered that. But we see this. This is a faith reason. Everybody else is saying, you know what, this isn't that bad. No need to, to call out the judge. This is just the way it is. And Israel, the people of Israel, is on, at this point in history, is on the brink of extinction. Because they're okay with it. Isn't that interesting? That the greatest threat to Israel, the greatest threat to the people of God, and I would say the greatest threat to our church, the greatest threat is not an attack, it's assimilation. Here's what I mean. They were becoming just like everyone else. And that would be the greatest threat to Keystone Montgomeryville. I'm your pastor, I get to say that. I don't know what the greatest threat is to the church down the road. I don't know what, this is us. This is our local community. If you're watching online from Iowa, I don't know what the greatest threat is for you. I'm not your pastor, but I'm this group's pastor. And our greatest threat would be that we become just like everyone else. It's why this year we said we're going to do what? We're going to beat back hell, that type of thinking, and we're going to bring heaven thinking down. Because this is where it ends up. You see why it's so dangerous, especially, especially if you're a group of people that are led by emotion and not by the Spirit. Listen, emotion's good. I tell people all the time, you're allowed to emote here. You're allowed to have emotion here. But we're not going to be led by emotion. You ever get led by emotion? Like that's your leading indicator? It rarely works out good. Man, oh man, have I had some terrible falls on that one. I'll tell you one here in a minute, but not right now. Because what I'm saying is his emotion leads him to pursue and marry a woman that worships false gods. Why would he do that? Well, that's what everybody else is doing. 
Samson, here's his inner monologue. I want to marry her. It's what I want. I don't care what God thinks. I don't care what my mom and dad think. I don't care what these counselors say. I'm going to do it. And he takes off to get his wife. He's going he's gonna to go marry her. He's going to go celebrate her. And honestly, what he ends up doing, he, he goes and he has a bachelor party, which uh, probably a more or less professional term would be, he goes to have a kegger, all right? That's what he goes to do. And on his way to this bachelor party, meet me in verse 5, he encounters a lion, like an actual lion. That ever happened to you guys? I saw a squirrel run across the road this morning. It was really weird, you know, a little squirrel, and, but not a lion, and Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. And then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat, which I guess was a phrase everyone would have known what that meant at that time. I don't know. We don't know what that means. But he did not tell his father and his mother what he had done. It's a secret. And then he went down and he talked with the woman. And here we have it again. Read this with me out loud. She was right in Samson's eyes. Wow. Samson is passing by that spot then a few days later. And he notices that some bees have taken nest or built a hive inside of the lion's carcass. Is he supposed to touch dead things, by the way? No, he's not. That was like one of the three things. Here's the three things you got to do. And it isn't throw bachelor parties and get drunk. That's definitely out. And it isn't to touch dead things. But he decides, because he's led by emotion, and whatever I want, I do. He sees that there's honey inside of the carcass of the lion, and he scoops the honey out and eats it, which is a boss move, I will admit. That is unbelievable, right? But he does it. He says, I want that. I'm going to take it. Just like he said, I want this woman, and none of you can say anything to me about it. If I want to kill a lion, I'll kill a lion. If I want to eat the honey out of the carcass of the lion, I'll do that too. I do what I want when I want to do it. Why? Because Samson was led by emotion, not by the spirit. Do you ever get taken by emotion and you want so badly, you want so badly for your default to be the right thing, but your emotion gets too much for you? Do you ever do that? Of course you do. Yes, you have. That, that's kind of the whole issue, isn't it? That's how we forget ourselves and forget who we are as believers. I mean, I get led by emotion. Are you able to discern the spirit in the moment while it's happening? Or do you allow emotion to overtake you? I remember once, here's, here's a time when it got out of, out of hand for me. I remember once I was on a walk with my son, Billy. At the time, he was six, I think, best, best as I recall. He was six. So he's not six now. And we walked by some, uh, a playground. And on the playground was some kids his age. And I was like, hey, do you want to go play with these kids? You know, they're, they look like they're your age. Maybe they're your friends. We can take a walk some other time. And uh, he says something like this to me. I, I don't want to go play with them. They were mean to me yesterday. They made fun of me. And Billy may remember what I said. I, I said, oh, would you like me to go and beat them up? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it right now. I know they're six. I know they're seven years old. But I'm, be I'm being totally serious. I'm like, listen, I'll take the big one up front. I know I can take him. I know I can take him. You're six. You take the little guy in the back and we'll just see where the other four go. We'll see how this goes. I'm choosing violence in this moment. I was burning with anger. Let's take him out. Now, okay. 
Do you think that I was being led by the spirit in that moment or emotion? You get to vote. Spirit? Who thinks spirit? Who thinks yes? That's God's will. Thank you. I appreciate that, sir. 100%. (laughs) Emotion. Now, before I move on, Billy did say to me that day, Papa, you will go to jail if you beat up a first grader. I was worth it. He had a solid point, so we kept walking. But my point is this, and that's kind of funny. I don't think I was really going to fight those first graders, but uh, I would have I won. But, you know, <laughs> think about it a lot. <laughs> are you led by emotion or are you led by the Spirit? I really want my default to be led by the Spirit. Paul writes about this in the New Testament to the church in Galatia. Remember, he says, I say, walk by the Spirit... And you will not gratify the desires of what? The flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Well, that's true, isn't it? And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. That's a funny little phrase, isn't it? To keep me from doing the things I want to do. Now, my silly little true example, I wanted to do that. That seemed right in my own eyes. (laughs) It's crazy. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Here's where it gets you. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It goes back to the beginning. Walk by the Spirit. That's how you do it. You keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So my question is this. How should we be living? Which way works? Doing whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, does that work? We saw where that leads to that list of terrible things. Oh, those things. Oh, yeah, man, some of those things are fun, probably. Yeah, but they will not lead you where you want to go. When we are totally led by emotion or our flesh, and we just allow that to be the thing that dictates our steps, it will lead to tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Samson was led by emotion, not by the Spirit. So when I was praying through Galatians the other day, I was like, you know, I wrote down a truth statement. It's simple. I will be led by the Spirit. I will be led by the Spirit. I don't turn my emotion off. I allow the Spirit to lead my emotion. I'm still allowed to laugh. I'm still allowed to be angry. But I'll let the Spirit be the one who's doing the leading. It says the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. So do I want to do what's right in my own eyes? Am I able to to determine that all the time? I can determine some things that are right. But am I able to determine it all? No, not without the help of the Holy Spirit. Samson's problem and probably a lot of our problem is that we are driven or led by emotion so much that we leave no room for the Holy Spirit. Most of the time you need to just slow yourself down. 
Count to five. Some of you probably need to count to a hundred, you know, but say, whew. All right, back to Samson. He gets to his destination, the, the bachelor party, and he's hanging with these 30 guys. And for some reason, he gets an idea for a riddle. Seems right. And Samson said to them in verse 12, let me now put a riddle to you. If, if you can tell me what it is within seven days of the feast and, and find it out, then I'll give you 30 linen garments, 30 changes of clothes. I'll give you 30, 30 suits, whatever. But if you cannot tell me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes, which is a bad deal. There's 30 of them, so that's one each. You've got to come up with 30. But, you know, he's, he's known for his power, not his deal-making. Put your riddle that we may hear it. Yeah, let's do it. We like riddles. He said, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Now, you guys know the story. You know the answer. But they didn't. But Samson was the only one that knew the answer. He's asking an impossible riddle. Remember, he's the only one that knows this. He gave them a riddle that's impossible to guess. They can't get it. They can't possibly get it. It'd be like, hey, guys, I got a riddle for you. What was I thinking about yesterday at 2 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Quite a gangster, Mark. You know, like it's impossible. But these guys go all in. They're like, yeah, we'll do it. And they can't get it. And because violence is just so common, they finally, they go to his uh, would-be wife and they said, listen, you have to get the secret from him. You have to get the answer to this. And if you don't, we're going to kill you. And then we'll kill your dad. What? That's the society that we're living in right there. And she says, okay. And she goes to Samson and says, listen, Samson, if you really love me, you'll tell me the answer to the riddle. He's like, I'm not going to tell you. He's like, oh, come on. Married people don't have secrets. Tell me the answer to this riddle. And he does. And then the men of the city come to him because, of course, she goes to them and tells them on the seventh day. And they say, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And I'll bet he was pretty surprised because he's led by emotion and not by the spirit. And he probably forgot that yesterday he told someone the answer. And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. What's that? Quite a poet. Side note. You ready? Don't ever call your wife heifer. (laughs) Don't call your fiance heifer. Don't call your any person, any woman. Don't ever call them heifer. What comes after that's not good, ever, ever. Side note over. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and struck down 30 men of the town and took their spoil and gave the garments to those who had told the riddle. Samson is being led again by what? Emotion. Even though the Spirit came on him, oh no, he spoils the Spirit coming on him with being burning with anger because he leaves no room for the Holy Spirit. Hey, the Holy Spirit is coming on him. I'll bet, I'll bet that the Holy Spirit was going to try to guide him through that situation. But instead, he's like, yeah, I'm going to use the Holy Spirit to burn with anger. So when the Holy Spirit rushes upon him and gives him that power, that he he squanders it with anger over a silly riddle. In the next verse, 19, it says, in hot anger. He went back to his father's house and Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. Now, do you think that's going to sit well with a guy like Samson? 
We need to slow this down a little bit because you might not have caught that, that when he found out that they got the riddle, it made him so mad that he took off for who knows how long. How long does it take to kill 30 people? He goes on a killing spree and then he comes back and it's like, yep, everything's going to be good. You know, everything's going to be just like I left it. Sam, let me slow this down for you. Here's, let, me, let me encapsulate this. Samson lost the bet. He left before the wedding started. He ran onto a killing spree. And the bride's father was sitting there going, this is embarrassing. We've got this party. We've got this place rented, you know, all this stuff. All our guests are here. It would not have been uncommon in that time to say, today she's going to get married to someone. Samson left. So she's going to now marry another man. Samson then walks back into the room and what does his emotion lead him to? Hot anger. And then it goes into a rage. After some days, verse 1, chapter 15, after some days at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife with a young goat and he said, I'll go into my wife in the chamber. He's like, hey, no, I'm going to make this right. But the father would not allow him to go in and said, I I really thought that you utterly hated her. So I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister more beautiful than she? Just crazy. Please take her instead. And Samson said to them, this time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. And so Samson went and caught 300 foxes, took torches. He turned them tail to tail, put a torch in between, set fire to the torch, and let the foxes go into the grain, the standing grain of the Philistines, and set fire to the stacked grain and the standing grain, as well as to the olive orchards. Unbelievable. I don't even know how he did that. I, I, I can't catch a squirrel, you know? And he caught, wow, it's a lot going on. Verse 6, these guys aren't happy. The Philistines said, who has done this? Which I think they probably knew, right? I mean, it's probably the guy that killed the 30 guy, but whatever, you know? And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to the companion, and the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with the fire. They went and burned the woman who should have been Samson's wife, and obviously that killed her, and then they killed her father and, and burned their house down. All, all because a guy couldn't keep it together. All because a guy was led by anger and by emotion and would not listen to the Spirit. And Samson said to them in verse 7, if this is is what you do, I swear I'll be avenged on you, and after that I will quit. No, you won't. No one believes that. And he struck them hip and thigh with a great blow, and he went down and stayed in the cleft of the rock of Etam. Now, listen. What what emotion is Samson displaying right now? It's, It's anger, isn't it? He's burning with anger. That seems to be his default. When something doesn't go well, when something gets in the way, he gets angry. I would dare say that that is some of your first response. I I thought about saying that I, I, I think a lot of times it's men's first response. Men tend to default to anger. 
But the more I think about it, I, I think we all kind of default to anger. Now, not all people do that. My wife doesn't. Jennifer doesn't default to anger. That is not her default emotion. I was asking her yesterday. I was like, Jennifer, if you were to stub your toe, <clears throat> what would come out of your mouth? And she said some words, you know, and I mean, she's, she's very sweet. I think once she called someone a turkey head, you know, and felt bad about it later. And I was like, that's so sweet. She stubs her toe and, and says some sort of like, oh gosh, or something like that. And on a, on a chair, sits down, rubs it, and put a, puts a Band-Aid on it. And hand to God, that is not how I respond when I stub my toe. And my family's here, and they can witness. When, when I stub my toe, I, um, I yell at the chair. I say things like, you stupid chair. You stupid chair. I'm going to throw you out into the woods. In front of you, I'm going to burn the ottoman because I know it's your best friend. And then I'm going to take the couch, and I'm going to put it out to the side of the road. We will sit on the floor in this house before we sit on furniture ever again. Anybody on that team? I don't just hate the chair. I want to shame the chair for existing. That sound familiar? Okay, that's not good. That's not good. I'm going to behead you, chair. This whole story is that type of reaction. I will show you. My first response will be complete and totally anger. And this whole story is catastrophically bad. Families were killed. Land is destroyed. All because Samson couldn't control his anger. We get that. But do you ever wonder, what is he so angry about? Just look, I said, who's Samson's biggest problem? Himself. Look at this. He was the one, he was the one who went and pursued the wrong woman. Did anybody tell him? Did anybody love him enough to tell him? Yes! Lots of people. He was the one who said, I'm going to marry her. None of you can tell me. I don't care what God thinks. I'm doing what's right in my own eye. He was the one that ignored it. He was the one who taunted the Philistines with a stupid riddle. He did that. He's the only one that knew the answer. It was unanswerable. He's the one who gave the secret away. It was him. He's the one who left his wife and went and killed 30 people. He did that. He's the one who burned the villages and the crops with the foxes. He did that. In, any, in other words, this entire mess is his fault. And yet he's still mad about it. Does that sound familiar? When you're led by emotion and not by the spirit, it leads to a mess. When you follow other gods, it leads to a mess. Hey, are any of you right now just so angry at the world? You're just angry at the world, man. For whatever reason, you just got a lot of anger. And, and let me just take a little stock in that real quick. Like, are you being led by emotion or by the spirit? There's some things we should be angry about. But are you allowing your emotion to be the leading indicator on that? Or the spirit? When maybe the reality, maybe some of us, I don't know, maybe the thing we're mad at the world about, maybe it's our fault. I hear this sometimes. I'm mad at God. Okay. I, I can't believe, I can't believe God let me get to this place. Do you think Samson said things like that? Do you think Samson was sitting in his little cleft of the rock going, man, God, you were supposed to set me apart. You were supposed to do this for me. I was supposed to be different. 
being led by emotion. Wouldn't it be great if we just today repented of that type of thinking? Oh, you talk about not being like everybody else. And just said, repented of being led by emotion? I'm hopeful that at the end of our time here in a few moments that some of us will stand and say, I want to be led by the Spirit, not by my emotion. Samson was led by emotion, not by the Spirit. And his emotion led him to burn with anger, but it also led him to this other thing that very often comes right after our anger, and it's pride. Pride is what keeps us from repenting of our anger. I don't need that. (laughs) He was filled with pride, still dealing with his anger. He goes out, and because of the strength that God has given, what does he do? In verse 9, chapter 15, the Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and made a raid on Lehi. And the men of Judah said, why have you come up against us? And they said, well, we've come up to bind Samson, to put him, you know, as he did to us. We kind of got to do that now. And then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock at Edom to get Samson and said, do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us. What then is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, as they did to me, so I've done to them. Which isn't true. He's lying. He didn't do anything to you. And they said to him, we've come down to bind you that we may give you into the hands of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. And they said to him, no, we will only bind you. (laughs) It's like, all these people are terrible deal makers in this era. No, 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 no. We're just going to tie you up and we'll surely not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock as if they had never paid any attention to Samson until this moment. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm sure a couple of ropes will hold him. Dude ripped a lion apart and then ate honey out of the carcass. But here's some rope. And when he came to Leah, the Philistines came shouting to him, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that was caught fire, and his bonds melted off his hands, and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, and put out his hand, and took it, and with it struck, how many men? A thousand men. And Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of a donkey, have I struck down a thousand men. Anybody see any pride in that statement? You did what? Who, who struck down the thousand? I did. Well, I thought it was the power of God. And yet you immediately took credit. Why, why is it that so many of us who are believers, who are Jesus followers, why is it that we like to take credit for what God does in our life? Look at me, look what I did. Hey, do you like me now? Look what I did, right? Do you see how strong I am? Do you see how good I am? Pride is often born out of insecurities, which often leads to us being angry, which often then leads to more pride. And when we don't know who we are, Like Brad was talking about, that search for significance. When we don't realize how significant we are in the eyes of the Father, it leads to pride. And pride is often the first emotion that will rise up to take us down. Scripture said God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. It also says pride comes before the fall, which means right before you fall, you're prideful. And when we understand, though, that God is the main character, it's very difficult to be prideful. So you remember the the truth statement that I wrote for myself, and you 
feel free to take it. It's not super complicated. I will be led by the Spirit. That won't lead me to pride. That won't lead me to anger. Not initially. It says desires of the flesh in verse 17 of Galatians 5. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the spirit, excuse me, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They oppose each other. Samson's problem and probably a lot of our problems is that he was being driven or led by all of his emotion. And he was allowing his emotion to decide where he took his next step. So I say, I want to live by the spirit. I don't want to gratify the desires of my flesh. I want to allow the Spirit to show me where to step. And if I'm being continually driven by emotions, then honestly, I'm going to end up like Samson. I won't be Samson. I'm not Samson. None of you are Samson. But I will live like Samson. And I will constantly get in my own way. I believe, for those of us they would say, yes, I've, I've surrendered my heart to Christ. I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a Jesus follower. That there's incredible potential in every single one of us if we would be led by the Spirit and not allow our emotions to dictate our next steps. Some of us, though, we say, well, there is no recovery from what I've done. Uh, I disagree. I'm too far down this path. I, I disagree. And if that's you right now, I've, I've got incredible life-changing news for you right out of the story of Samson. And I'll read the little phrase God gave me first. It said, if, if, here's what happens when you are led by the Spirit, not by your emotion or your anger. Here's what happens. If you let the Spirit lead you to the Father, which is what, that's his business. That's what he wants to do. If you let the Spirit lead you to the Father, the Father will meet your deepest need. If you let the Spirit lead you to the Father, the Father will meet your deepest need. We see that right here in Samson. He just killed a thousand men. It's a lot. Verse 18, he says, he was, he was very thirsty. And he called upon the Lord and he said, You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant. And shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? This is a problem. He's saying, I've definitely done something now that's going to get noticed beyond just the locals. I'm going to have a number one target on my back. They are going to kill me. And I am thirsty. He's starting to cool down. You hear it? You see it, don't you? He's starting to come down a little bit. And God, in verse 19, God split open the hollow place that is at Lehi and water came out from it. And when he drank, what happened? His spirit returned, and he revived. Isn't that amazing? He goes on to judge for 20 years, seemingly catastrophe-free. But there is a little miracle there, and there's a reminder that if we allow the Spirit to lead us to the Father, he will meet our deepest needs. It said when he drank, his spirit returned. That's, that's, that's really interesting to me. The spirit returned. I mean, he was strong. He was strong. I get that. But, but he wasn't really strong. He was using it all to serve his own emotion. 
But when he returned to God, God gave him strength. He came back to life. He was renewed. Don't don't you want to live and be led by the Spirit and not by whatever is the hottest emotion in your life in the moment? When Samson returned, God gave him water and his strength returned. He was revived. Here's here's the good news because some of you think, I'm too far away. You're, You're not. You're never too far to return. In fact, you can return right now. The reason I called the message today Samson in real life is that I'm like what is what is your real life like I get this part what's the rest of it like what is leading you every single day and here's the conversation some of you need to have with the father it goes something like this I wrote it out for you I'm trying to make this so simple for you you say father this is probably some of our prayers we need to have father I've been led and driven by emotion And it's been getting me into all kinds of trouble. That's you awakening. That's you returning. And the more I do it, the angrier I get. (laughs) And the more prideful I become. That's a type of repentance. But, But what I know for sure is that I'm thirsty. I can't, I can't trust my emotions, but I know I'm thirsty. So I need to return to you. Lead me, Holy Spirit, to the Father. Some of us, that's that needs to be our prayer. That needs to be it. I don't, I don't think the world has, has yet to see what God can fully do. And just with the people in this room and from our church that are watching online, I, I believe he's given us a mantle in this area to show. And so why don't we pray together right now? And in a moment, I'm even going to ask some of you if that's where you are. We're going we're to pray very specifically for you. So if you need to put pencils and stuff away, just do it now because I don't want any distractions. If, if you really have to go to the bathroom, wait four minutes. Father, I pray that your spirit would stir within the hearts of us today that you would cause us to rise up to live with hearts after you that are empowered by your spirit and strengthened by your word. And right now, guys, let's just get real serious about this. Let's, you maybe have seen today, I'm driven by emotion, but I want to be driven by the Spirit. I need help. I want to be different. I don't want to be just like everybody else, but I need help. I'm thirsty for God. I need God to fill my deepest need. And I, maybe you're not thirsty for water. If you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to the Father, he will fill your deepest need. So if that's you and you're ready, I'm going to, I'm going to, no tricks here, okay? No tricks. If that's what you want more than anything in the world, no emotion here. You're saying, Holy Spirit, I don't know. Maybe you just, I just ask you just to stand up. We're just going to stand up. I'm standing up. I want that. I was already standing, but I'm standing. Just stand up. Because I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us that that would be the thing that leads us. Not our emotion. No tricks. No surprises. There's no magic in standing. We're just going to pray today that if my deepest need needs to be filled by the Father. And so what I'm saying is, Father, I need my deepest need filled. And I want to be led totally by the Holy Spirit. Here's how I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm so happy. Father, I pray that those standing, that you would would fill them with the Holy Spirit. That you would totally and completely fill them with the Holy Spirit.
God, we confess our sinfulness to you. We confess that we get angry. We're prideful. God, we ask that you would forgive us and by faith that we would, we would take our emotions that are beautiful. Emotions are beautiful. But that we would rest them at the altar. We give those things to you. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be our guide, that you and you alone would be our guide. And here, here's the great news as we're all praying and just receiving that. That is, if you're here today, you're like, man, I'm not a Jesus follower, but I want to be a Jesus follower. We are all praying for you right now because the Holy Spirit is attempting to lead you to your greatest need, which is him. And in this moment, you can give your entire life to him. All you need to do is call out to him. You say, dear Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that if I ask you for forgiveness, you'll give it to me. And in this moment, you do that. You say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe. I believe you died. I believe you rose. And from this moment forward, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen.